Hello and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week, and I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now. And tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-715-5721. That's 855-715-5721. Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. It's not a replay today, even though I'm going to say the exact same thing I said at the start of yesterday's show. I am tired. So it's going to be one of those shows here today. You'll have to deal with it. I don't know what to tell you. we got a lot to talk about, though. Wrestle Kingdom, night one. I've seen all of night one. I've seen the first three matches of night two. I've not seen the final three matches. I know everything that happened, so don't worry about spoiling me or anything like that. But there's a lot to get into with the Tokyo Dome. And I have some questions as well for people that have seen the entire show. And on top of that, we just got news. We got the Marty Skrull situation with the Ring of Honor. We have got the Raw show from Monday night. Yes, we do have to talk about Raw for at least a little while here today. But you're welcome to largely talk about the Tokyo Dome. But I should at least alert everybody what happened since usually a lot of you don't watch it. And I will note, by the way, I just learned before going on the air... For those of you that did watch Raw, Charlotte just tweeted today she totally forgives Rick and she can never be mad at him. What the hell did we bother with that angle last night for then? You know why we bothered? Because it was very important to humiliate all of the legends on Legends Night. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that after a while. Then we'll talk about New Japan. All of these matches here. It's going to be a fun day today one way or the other. These are, these are the numbers. If you'd like to send a text message... 425-780-7566 is the phone number. That's 425-780-7566. Don't call because it doesn't work. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com. At Brian Alvarez on Twitter. Mike is at Sempervivi. So we'll do some news. We'll go over your feedback on everything. And you know what we're going to do today, everybody? We're going to have a good time. Because that's what we do here on Wrestling Observer Live. We're going to do a break. Back in a moment. Mike Sempervivi. Wrestling Observer Live. This 
spread of COVID-19 is still unchecked across the nation, and you need to keep your family safe. Make a new habit and check your temperatures twice a day, once before dinner and before leaving home in the morning. You can't afford to take chances, so use the Exergen Temporal Scanner. Its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies, and it takes an accurate reading in seconds. It's the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Quick and easy to use, you can count on Exergen to keep your family safe 24 hours a day. If you owe the IRS back taxes, don't worry. There's a bright side. The experts at brightsidetaxrelief.com will protect you from having your wages garnished, money deducted from your bank account, and your home or business seized. Brightsidetaxrelief.com will fight the IRS and negotiate to reduce or eliminate the amount you owe. Visit brightsidetaxrelief.com or call 800-730-4313. That's 800-730-4313. The consultation is free. Go to brightsidetaxrelief.com now. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student Loan Advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free 5-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851 800-439-7851 Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. I'm Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Well, no one's going to want to hear this, but I don't care. So Mike didn't watch Ross, so I'm just going to mute him for a second. I'm just going to get it over with. You guys really want to start talking about the Dome and then interrupt Dome Talk later to go over Raw? Let's just get this horrible show over with. I will say, first off, I know there's a lot of people that are anti-AW and pro-WWE and vice versa, but let me tell you something. If you are... If you imagine, I am a retired wrestler. I am a legend of this business. 
And you have the opportunity to either do an AEW show or do a WWE show. Bro, if you choose that WWE show, you need to see a therapist. You need to see somebody that can help you with your self-esteem. That was Legends Night on Raw last night. And do you know what they did for Legends Night? Well, there were a bunch of people like Tatanka that literally had nothing to do. They flew across the country in the middle of a pandemic so that they could stand in a hallway with no lines and do nothing on the show. That was half the legends, okay? The other half, they were humiliated and belittled and mocked and made out to be old, decrepit fools, and they got no comeback on this show. Welcome to Legends Night, everybody. Very quickly, here's what happened on this show. They opened up with a Ms. Morrison and New Day segment where the New Day was attempting to be more annoying than Miz and Morrison who in storyline and actually in real life are two of the most annoying wrestlers uh, in anywhere this character that they play so you had a bunch of fans that didn't watch any wrestling for three months and finally there's no football so they decide hey I'm going to tune in to Raw tonight and we open with the most annoying segment of the last several years if you stuck around God bless you they do this segment, they do a match, and amazingly, I'll give them this, the babyfaces work together as a tag team, they win, everybody goes home happy. That was nice. We have a follow-up to Randy Orton in the match. Even though they advertised that Alexa Bliss was going to confront Randy Orton on this show, Alexa's not even there. Bray Wyatt's not there. His father is there as a legend. But for his father, it just take the money. Don't even ask anybody about what happened to your son. So, no Alexa. Randy just says, well, you know, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't burn her. The Fiend changed me. I'm disgusted at myself for not burning her to a crisp. Man, I'm going to go find myself some legends. Where's security? Well, they're not there. Angel Garza gets blown off by every female on the show, so he's just a loser. AJ Styles has turned babyface with almost No turn, nothing. He's just a babyface now. And he goes in there, and he actually drags a great match out of Elias, and he pins him, so I guess he's going to be a babyface from here on out. We have Rick and Charlotte heading to the ring, and then Riddle's backstage with the Big Show. Randy Orton walks up. Randy Orton belittles the Big Show. You're old, you're fat, you're broken down, you'll never wrestle again. Oh, you're not going to stand up for yourself? All right, I'll leave. Big Show never stands up for himself. He is an old, broken-down loser. Payne and Lacey versus Charlotte and Asuka. No one knows what happened here. I think that Flair was supposed to try to trip Peyton, but he accidentally tripped Charlotte. But there's no spot where it would be an accident. He just grabs Charlotte's leg. She gets pinned by Peyton. Charlotte belittles, eviscerates, embarrasses her father, tells him to go away. He goes away in tears. Welcome to Legends Night. Then the next day, she just, up like, she's apologized to him on Twitter. So I don't even know what the point of any of this was. If Sheamus, Drew, and Hulk Hogan backstage, Hogan endorses Drew. Drew at least looked like he was having fun. Matt Riddle faces Lashley. Matt Riddle's a babyface. Lashley's a heel. The babyface attacks the heel from behind before the match starts. He beats on him. The heel fights back. At the end of the match, the heel puts the babyface in the hurt lock. The babyface taps. The ref doesn't see it. The heel drops the babyface. The ref goes, I didn't call for the bell. I didn't see it. So the babyface rolls up the heel from behind and steals a pin and then runs away like a thief in the night. Mark Henry, walking around backstage, he's got a, his legs all messed up. 
They make him look as, as pathetic as possible. He's on one of those little scooters. Of course, up walks Randy Orton. He belittles. He eviscerates. He talks about how Mark Henry's broken down and he's ruined and he'll never be in a Royal Rumble again. He can't even walk. Mark Henry sheepishly wheels away. Welcome to Legends Night, everybody. Charlie, Lashley and MVP, they challenge Riddle for a match. I just want to see Lashley beat the hell out of this Matt Riddle guy, even though I'm supposed to be upset at Lashley. I don't even know why. He's the heel. Mandy faces Shayna, but Shayna beats her ass. Dana comes out to fight for her friend. She gets her ass beat, but she gets a fluke pin. Then Shayna beats up both of them again. This is supposed to make me want to see them in a tag team match, even though last week on this very show, I saw the tag champs destroy these two. But hey, let's book backwards. Make me want to see this match. Now, Flair, Ric Flair's backstage happy as can be. He's with IRS and Molly. He got eviscerated earlier in the show, but hey, it's Ric Flair. We can't just eviscerate him once. Randy walks up. He says, you're a pathetic old man. I never learned anything from you. You're disgusting, and your daughter is ten times the wrestler you ever were. Flair starts to cry. Randy walks off. Legends night. We have Randy and Jeff Hardy. Literally, they just do a match where Randy beats Jeff Hardy clean in the middle. And it was a fine match. I mean, if you're, if you're there for the wrestling, it was a good wrestling match. We have Shelton and Cedric losing to the Lucha House Party after the Hurt Business can't get along. Cedric walks off, so they're continuing that storyline. At least that makes sense. Angel gets blown off again. And finally, the main event is Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee. All of the legends come out. To root on Keith Lee. Let's go, Keith! Well, Keith gets in the ring. He gets beat clean in the middle. And afterwards, they just get rid of him. And we're going off the air, so Drew grabs a mic. He's going to cut a promo, but they're so low on time that they just play Goldberg's music. Goldberg then comes out, and because it's scripted, Goldberg has to talk about a promo that Drew cut that he didn't actually cut because they played Goldberg's music before he had a chance to cut his promo. Goldberg, on a show where Randy Orton eviscerated every one of the legends, Goldberg has to come out and tell Drew McIntyre that he has no respect for the legends. What? So, it is Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg at the Royal Rumble because they decided on Saturday that they didn't have anybody ready for Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble because I guess one day Vince woke up and went, Oh, there's a Royal Rumble booked. What am I going to do? They had no time to book a challenger for Drew, so they called Goldberg, and that's your match. So anyway, show sucked. It's a terrible show. Nothing makes sense. It's totally nonsensical. They can't hit their time cues. They've been doing this for like 25 years. They still can't figure this out. It was terrible. Now let's talk about the Dome. Mike, was anything on night two of the Dome show better than that Shingo match, which was third on the card? Yes. Yes, there was. Impossible. A, is that where you ended up? Is that where you left off? Yes. Well, that's too bad you did. Shameful, in fact, that you did. Why didn't you wake well, up? Well, we got a minute here, today? so tell us what was better before we have to go to a break. Well, that's why I'm just kind of wasting a little bit of time Don't waste here. time. I'm gonna the main event was Tokyo 50 minutes long. Was it, it sure too was. long or was it awesome? No, it wasn't too long. Well, you know what? It may have been a little bit too long. They had a closing stretch after the closing stretch, but considering that it was Wrestle Kingdom, much like, you know, WrestleMania, I'll take that. I'll I'll take a little bit. And it did go almost 50 minutes long, and it was an all-time classic, and it's another one that you put in the pile as far as match-of-the-year candidates 
All depends on what you like. Ibushi, Naito, Osprey, and and um, yesterday with with Okada, Cobb and Shingo, and this match with uh, with Jay White and with Kota Ibushi, all absolutely fantastic, spectacular matches in their own ways. Jay White is that dude, but Kota Ibushi right now is God in New Japan. The uh, story completes its cycle, and you can tell me how right I was after we get back from break. So hold that thought. Right, right about now. what? The, the whole story. Well, we got to, we should bring up Otis again. Can, can you believe Otis did not get the, the, the same type of hype that Kota Ibushi did? Come on, bring that yeah, back up. Yeah, it's disgusting. Again. I'll talk about Compare it after the break. Two. Please. Back in a moment. Observer Live. an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290-800-693-8290-800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-800-
That's 800-603-0885. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Somebody here on Twitch just asked if Jay White is leaving after New Year's Dash. Is that some rumor? Well, you would have to listen to his promo last night, which was uh, kind of devolved into a, went from a comic book uh, evil type of, of promo into a uh, into almost like a baby face promo saying how nobody was there for him and now everybody he's been on this you know mission for eight years now didn't see his family for three years while he was training and he just sounded like he was at his absolute wits end and if you saw the match when you do go ahead and see that match nearly 60 minutes they both poured it all out on the table so it uh for storyline purposes i'm not sure exactly what they're pushing here if it's maybe him leaving bullet club if it's him maybe quitting for a while i'm not sure exactly what direction that they'll take but it was a it was a pretty great promo and it, it did kind of make it sound as if he was done he kept saying how, how done he was so all right well all it's say- obviously a storyline yes. but go ahead you want to go ahead i'll say yes. this i can tell you for a fact find out when jay white signed with new japan it was a seven-year deal he's seen I don't think he signed seven years ago. He's got many years left on his deal. Well, yes. I wasn't going to bring this up. I don't want to argue about it. I'm just going to tell you that I think it was dumb for Kota Bushi to win the briefcase in the G1 and then lose it, okay? On this very show five minutes ago, you asked. You brought this up. I wasn't going to bring it up. You asked for me to talk about it after the break. Go ahead. Listen, on this very show, I mocked WWE. For suddenly figuring out that there's a Royal Rumble in three weeks and having to call Goldberg because nobody was ready. It's not like nobody knew there were two Tokyo Domes this year. It's not like they found out at the last second they needed to have two main events. They had a year to find a way to get two people ready for main events at Wrestle Kingdom. And I'm positive that Ghetto or anybody else could have found a better way to get a main event on night one and night two without having to beat Kota Ibushi for the briefcase and then have Ibushi literally gifted a match on night one. I'm positive they could have found a better way to do it. That's it. Now tell us about yeah, these but, top three no, matches. No, you would be wrong, Brian. You would be wrong. No, I wouldn't because it's an opinion. Story. Yes, they were because they were telling a story that they were telling. It wasn't your story. That's what you're most upset about, and you're comparing it to WWE. That's yes. why. You compared the whole thing to Otis. They have never, ever ever broken the stipulation about the briefcase until now they so it was they part broke of a, it because it was part of a storyline brian that's like having rules in wrestling at some point somebody's going to go behind the ref's back and pull the hair it's when you bastardize things over and over and over again you just rambled for eight minutes in the opening segment about wwe treating their legends like crap over and over and over again or Ric Flair, like crap, over. That's what they do all of the time. That's why people have lost faith in them. That's why you can't believe in any of the characters that they have or the stories that they tell. They drop things. They walk away from them. 
nothing matters. Yes. In New Japan, everything matters. And they laid out an entire story about Kota Ibushi closing his losses from last year at the Tokyo Dome. Period. His loss to He Naito, couldn't have lost his to Jay, loss Jay White to Jay at White some other point during the year. Because it was part of the story about he constantly keeps getting one up by Jay White. This was going to be the year that he ascends. That's what the team with Tanahashi was about. And he goes and beats Tanahashi, overcoming all of these things throughout the year. And then finally, the one guy who keeps driving him nuts, the one guy that took his glory, the one guy that took the briefcase, all of those things. He finally puts the knife in the devil to become God. That's the story that they were telling. Okay. And they told the story. And Let you me ask you like a question. It. You can bash it. You can try to compare That's it to That's what Otis I've been doing here. All you want. And yes, I know. And you would, it's just kind of ridiculous, though. That's what you go Bro, back to. Listen, I understand it's a story. I don't like the story. I don't like seeing a guy gifted mean a main wrong. event in the Tokyo Dome you after losing his shot at the Dome. You projected this as this, as this, if this was a bad thing. If this was awful. No, it's because you didn't like it. That doesn't mean that yes, nobody else did. it's an opinion. I'm sure what? some people did like it, but in my opinion, it's stupid to do that. To gift a guy a match at the Dome after he lost his opportunity. I think that's dumb. If you don't like, that's fine. I don't even right. want to argue about it. I think okay, it's great. stupid. Do you That's want to talk it. about Raw again? What do, you, what do you want to do here? You want to talk about Bro, two matches? I wasn't even going to talk about this. You asked me to talk about it after the break. I, I wasn't even going to talk bring about it up. anything. You told me to, to bring up anything. the Otis point again. I it's on is, tape here. I hope this is fantastic radio for everybody. Is this working itself out the way you wanted it to be? Twitch Did chat. We talk about Did he not ask else? me to talk about this? Now tell me about these. You want these... me to shut off now? No, what I want you to do is tell me about the top three matches. I don't want to talk about this briefcase. I already said I didn't like you it. You came back from the break talking about the briefcase. Go ahead. You told me to. Now talk about the top three matches, please. Are we done here? Can we done? Are we done? Tell me about the top three matches. I didn't see them. I obviously no no kidding, <laughs> no kidding. The top three matches were. I mean, they were pretty great. And again, Jeff Cobb and Shingo. Was an awesome match, an awesome hoss of a match. If you, if you like even either one of those guys in the slightest bit, this may have been Jeff Cobb's best performance ever. And I didn't see him a lot in PWG or anything like that, but Jeff Cobb has absolutely stepped up to where he needs to be. Shingo is arguably a Hall of Famer. And in fact, I put on Twitter last night, you could probably start beating the drum now for him as a Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer, depending on where you look at Dragon Gate and the successes they had with him there. In fact, almost his entire career with Dragon Gate. Uh, when you take all of that into account and some of the matches that he has been having in New Japan, I mean, he's going to continue to make his case for the Hall of Fame. This was just a fantastic match with these two guys beating the hell out of each other for 20 minutes. I was surprised when Shingo got the victory. Uh, just because now all three members of the Empire have lost. Great Okan lost yesterday to Tanahashi. Jeff Cobb loses, and then obviously Will Ospreay lost to Okada. This is not out of the ordinary, no matter if you like the story or not. It's not out of the ordinary for New Japan to do with new units. It will be very interesting tonight to see what they do as a unit at New Japan Dash, because I have a feeling we may see... Uh, a little bit more storyline and, and group, uh, uh, some stuff moving forward there, uh, including Will obviously having to try to figure out what went wrong for the entire group. So this is going to be his first test as a leader as well, too. But I have a feeling some things are going to shake out during the dash tonight. 
Sonata and Evil, um, fans in Japan have liked this feud a lot more, and they have believed in Evil in that story, I think, a lot more than Western fans uh, this year. But they have great chemistry together. They had great chemistry together as a team. They have great chemistry uh, together as opponents. Sonata defeated Kota Ibushi during the G1. It looked like he was going to be. So this basically became a de facto number one contenders match between Sonata and the former IWGP heavyweight champion Evil. And it was a really, really good match. Sonata ultimately got the victory and at the end of the show came out and challenged Kota Ibushi. Uh, the junior heavyweight title match was next with Hiromu and uh, with, with Taiji Ishimori and Usually, this is the highest that a junior heavyweight championship match has ever went on at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I think last year it, it was about two two matches down on the card, and there was a time where you never would have ever believed that they would put an IWGP junior heavyweight championship up that high on a card, but we're in some odd times, and Hiromu's just kind of an odd junior heavyweight. He certainly transcends, and uh, I don't think anybody's transcended better since Finn Balor was there as Prince Devitt, and he did... They did everything. He did everything you would expect Hiromu to do. Some nasty spots, some self-caused wounds that he took in this match. And Ishimori, uh, as far as the storyline in the match, just followed up on all of them. A lot of submission attempts, a lot on uh, on, on uh, his neck, a lot on... Uh, uh, on on Hiromu's arm and his shoulder, trying to work that, continuing to go after the neck. It was a, a very good story told. It could have used fans because of how exciting it was and some of the moves that were hit. It definitely could have used some fans there. And then the main event was just spectacular. It was an old school. It went 50 minutes, but much like most of the matches that went you know past 20 minutes on this show on either night, it didn't feel like it. They absolutely whipped it by. Jay White is that guy. Uh, you know, he absolutely is that guy as far as being the future of New Japan, one of the, 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 the important puzzle pieces to their future. And Kota Obushi's time is now. It was a, it was a rather easy story to tell whether you didn't like it or not. And he comes back around, gets his first IWGP championship. Uh, yesterday, Naito crowns him. He's got one more pain in the rear end to get over and he finally gets over jay white jay white threw everything out there there was a little bit of interference from uh, uh gato obviously because you know it's just obligatory in these matches but it didn't hurt the run to the end of the match it didn't hurt the finish it, any of that stuff and it was just a spectacular kota obushi performance and you know, two days of the Dome, not everything was perfect. The king of, of pro wrestling stuff I thought was a complete waste of time on both nights, and, and everything was not a, a perfect match or anything like that, but they were two really great wrestling shows to start the year. Uh, and, again, you can choose whatever style you like the most. If you tend to go more towards Osprey or just in awe of Okada, you'll think that's the match of the year. Ibushi, Naito, Abushi and Jay White, and really, again, Jeff Cobb and Shingo, it, it didn't get to that level because of the athleticism and the time and the stakes that were on the line in those other matches. But, you know, a lot of people looked at this as being the sleeper match coming into the show, and it absolutely delivered 100%. Jeff Cobb looked like a monster, and he's another piece to that future of New Japan that is very, very strong. Person here says, Kodobushi, Jay White, incredible bout, everything I love about wrestling. I didn't think they could do better than their classic in the G1 Finals. In my opinion, this match exceeded it. I can understand fan was too long, especially with the muted crowd, but for my money, 
This match will be a tough one to top in 2021. Of the three top matches, which one was the best? We'll talk about this after the break. Wrestling Observer Live. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. Are you 60-plus and love to travel? Introducing the Senior Travel Discount Network, brought to you by low-cost airlines. Call us anytime, day or night, and save up to 75% on your airline and hotel reservations. We can help you save a ton of money to fly almost anywhere. We have inside discounts on over 500 airlines and 500,000 hotels worldwide. And when you call and mention the discount code 60PLUS, we'll give you an extra free night with your qualified air and hotel reservation. Now you can get the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone. We make it easy and fast for you to save money and book a trip. Remember, call the Senior Travel Discount Network. Mention the discount code 60 plus for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation. Call now. 800-493-6118. 800-493-6118. That's 800-493-6118. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober, and all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-403-5912. 800 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Twitch homies asking about the... Attendance. These are the official numbers. And then I will tell you the unofficial numbers. Official numbers from New Japan. Night 1, 12,689. Night 2, 7,801. 
So obviously they were selling limited amounts of tickets because Japan is now basically in lockdown. So that's what happens. Lower attendance on the second night shouldn't be surprising because we didn't even know who was going to wrestle who. I mean, it was certainly better than Cyber Sunday, but if you actually tell people what the matches are, you're always going to sell more tickets. So night one obviously did better. Now, the actual number of people in the building was higher than that. First night, probably between fifteen and 17,000, and night two was about 10,000. So this is including all of the comps and everything like that. So, I mean, they had people in the building. This was the, These were the biggest crowds, at least in pro wrestling, anywhere since the beginning of the pandemic. But the problem is you've got this giant building with 10,000 fans in it, so the place looks empty. But, in fact, it was not empty. But hopefully next year it'll be packed. And not only that, I mean, for the last, oh, God, what day are we at here? I mean, for the last two or three weeks now, solidly, every single day in Tokyo, they are breaking their daily record for COVID cases. So things are awful right now. Um, New Japan was grandfathered in with some of the recommendations uh, that the the city of Tokyo and that the, the country have made as far as taking some steps and crowds gathering and things like that. So, you know, Dash is always a small group anyway, and it's going to be even smaller this year because of the setup. But uh, as we go forward here, I think we may need to latch on to these shows, uh, no matter what you like, in Japan, because they may be the last big ones for, for quite some time again, at least that don't take place inside stadiums. And if you're going to do a stadium, I think at this time of the year, you're obviously going to be pushing it uh, a little bit more towards spring. So it's going to be a really interesting situation to see how everything kind of plays out. But for those fans that were there, for those fans that were watching, if you are, if you have been heavily invested in these storylines, all of them, no matter what match it was, I think they all kind of paid themselves off. I mean, certainly in the case of Ibushi, and Jay White, they absolutely played themselves out. Same thing with Naito and Ibushi. Now with Osprey and Okada, this is something, I think this is a building block. This is step one, something we're going to see continue to build for, for quite some time. But you were rewarded as a fan, as a New Japan fan, if you have been following these stories and following these characters, you were rewarded every step of the way. And what New Japan showed, in difference to what WWE does, you have some hope. And when Jeff Cobb lost to Shingo, and then when uh, Taichi Ishimori lost to Hiromu, you start looking and you go, okay, are we going to get three straight baby face victories? Is that something that's actually going to happen here? I mean, honestly, when, when frankly, when Cobb lost, it's like, man, I, there was no way I thought Hiromu was losing to Ishimori. I thought there was absolutely a way that you could get out of tonight with Jay White as the champion. I would have thought that was absolutely nuts to do under the circumstances in the situation, but they could have absolutely did that. So you had that also lingering in the back of your mind as those two guys kept going. And it's like, man, are we are we really going to see Ibushi lose after one day? And obviously that wasn't the case, but... You have some hope, and they provided you for all of the heat. And boy, does Gato love his heat. The only one who likes it more is Vince. And he t tends to occasionally draw things out and do things too heavy-handed, do things a little bit too much. But ultimately, in most cases, 99% of the time recently, maybe it's a, a lower percentage, somebody may not like that number, but for the most part, 
your struggle as a fan trying to fight there with the baby faces, trying to fight there with the people to get behind against all of these evil forces, you were paid off. You've gotten your flowers now. Now, what happens tonight? Does Ibushi get laid out? Does everybody you know, get massacred? We'll have to see what happens. But for that one night on the biggest show of the year, one after another after another, right to the main event, the fans were rewarded for supporting their guys against these evil rule breakers. So that was, again, that was a great touch that, frankly, most promotions end up giving you something like that. It's just that the WWE being the biggest one on the block tend to not. So it, just a two fantastic shows over the last two days, I thought. I have just been alerted, by the way, for those of you that watched Raw, that, in fact, the story was supposed to be that Rick was trying to trip Peyton and it was supposed to be an accident. So. What a joke. <laughs> dude, if you saw the spot, I mean, <sighs> whatever. The main event was great. This person says, I don't think it justified its length, which was my same criticism of the G1 final. Felt like they were just trying to set a new match length record for both the Dome and G1 main event. Still great. I cannot deny that. Well, they did happen to almost immediately announce that Kotobushi now holds the record for the longest Tokyo Dome main event. 48 minutes and 5 seconds. He has beaten the record held by Kenny Omega. I was surprised to, to hear that, to be honest. I I have to go back and look. Now i got to see what building that uh, like Kojima and Tenzan was in because I thought that actually went, and it did. It went to uh, almost an hour, but I thought that took place at the Tokyo Dome. So I was actually kind of surprised to, to hear that. But, you know, 50 minutes long, there was a point where uh, Ibushi probably could have gotten the victory about 10 minutes beforehand. And it's, you know, if you would have stopped it there, I don't think anybody would have complained about it. But it was it was a little bit masturbatory. But we see that in these big main events, not only in, in, in New Japan, but we see this everywhere where everybody was literally throwing everything at the wall. And if this was any other show, I might be a little bit more critical about it that they continued on for so long. But the reality is, is it's it's Wrestle Kingdom. It's the Tokyo Dome. It's their WrestleMania. So that's if you're going to throw it all against the wall, that was the perfect time to do so. And again, I was surprised that and, and two, this is the other thing about that 50 minutes. It, it really there were no down periods. There was no time where you felt it was kind of dragging. Maybe until the end, you could have thought that that was the victory. But those guys, what an impressive job staying up and having that much gas. Same thing on a lesser extent with Hiromu and Taiji Ishimori, because even though Ishimori was working more submissions, they still went at a zillion miles an hour. It's almost impossible not to with Hiromu, and they were very, very, very sharp. Spursnier says, have you had a chance to watch Eddie Kingston's backstage speech on BT? No, but that's all I've heard about for the last couple of days. Apparently it's fantastic, so if you've not seen it, check it out. I didn't know that was from BTE. I saw it isolated, and it was everything that you would expect a Eddie Kingston pre-show hype speech to be. He was one of the best talkers anyway, one of the most realist people you know in professional wrestling today and emotional as the day is long and you can see man it, you could see why everybody was fired up that night he did one hell of a job he really did a hell of a job but he could have used them to go to Notre Dame with that jersey he was wearing and talk to them before that game of Alabama on Saturday but just a he is a spectacular presence 
And there's going to be a lot of other things that, that take, you know, that AEW has done and is going to do that's a lot bigger than signing Eddie Kingston. But it's one of those things from a pro wrestling point of view, purely in the ring. And just, I'm so happy for Eddie Kingston. And it's such a smart move for AEW. For a for AEW to to do what so many others have missed on doing over the years, says, could the poor treatment of the legends being told all night on Raw that they're old and feeble be Vince projecting his own self loathing at his own? No, it's just that he loves to get heat. There's no psychological reason for this. He wants to get heat on Randy Orton because apparently Randy Orton is not over enough as a heel. Any of last? They don't know how to do anything else. What else do they know how to do? They don't know how to make any baby, at least a baby face that's not a jerk. I mean, if you think about it, every single one of their baby faces, and it, maybe it's the Austin effect. Maybe it's like beating people like you know over and over again, like Ric Flair and The Rock. It's that effect that they have where everybody has got to have at least heelish qualities or be a prick or be semi-unlikable to somebody to be at the top of that company as a babyface and everybody else be damned. Everybody else is a joke. Everybody else is broke. I mean, how long has Big Show been broke and been getting made fun of on WWE TV for? I mean, it's just been over and over and over again, and it just it sucks. This person says the ending of last night's Raw was confusing. Did Goldberg get Drew and Randy mixed up? All night Orton was bad-mouthing the legends, but Goldberg got into Drew's face. Well, I explain this. They ran out of time, and Drew was supposed to cut some promo that Goldberg would interpret as him being disrespectful to the legends that were watching the Keith Lee match. That was what was supposed to happen. But he literally brings the mic up to his mouth to talk, and they hit Goldberg's music, and you actually see Drew's face like, All right, well, here we go. And Goldberg comes out and does a scripted promo about another promo that never happened because they cut the promo. It's WCW here. That's what happens really when you're is. used to having a uh, overrun for so many years, and all of a sudden you don't have an overrun. You have to hit your time. No, nah, that's not an excuse. It's just, just shoddy. <laughs> it's, don't blame well, it on hold the on a second, that Mike. they have an overrun. No, that's I shoddy. will say this, because there was another problem, all right? If you would have watched the Keith Lee match, Keith Lee decides... That him and Drew, well, they both decided, they're going to do a top rope Spanish fly. Bad idea. They go up to the top. Keith Lee does his top rope Spanish fly. This bloke landed kaboom right on top of his head. And, dude, he was down. And it was worse than anything in the Ibushi versus Naito match in terms of landing on your head. So, like... I don't know if he got a concussion. Don't report that I said he got a concussion. But this guy took a long time to get up. And Drew is going for the Claymore. And he's like, Keith, get up! Get up! He's screaming at him to get up because Keith is so slow getting up. So this threw all of the timing of the show off. They have to finish their match. And then they got to rush through the promo and everything like that. So if he hadn't landed on his head, they probably would not have run up against the top of the hour. But he landed on his head. You know what the problem is? Is that this was being angled to be Drew Matt, where it was angled to be Roman Reigns and Goldberg. Yeah. For the longest they time. They found so out now, there was a rumble out of the blue. Just, yeah. I. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Well, we don't have to imagine. We're living it right now. But because of that scenario, is there any scenario where Daniel Bryan 
doesn't win the Royal Rumble and goes on and faces Roman at WrestleMania. Bro, there's a million. There's a million. There's a million ways. Obviously, of course, there is. But to me, that's the only one that makes sense because Goldberg was one of the only names you could drag back. It's not like we're going to see Brock Lesnar and Roman again. At least I, God knows, I hope not. I felt we were done with that last year. So who else is it? And I'm not dropping having Drew McIntyre drop the tire to to to, to Goldberg at, at Royal Rumble, but I also don't want to see him go on and face. You know, Goldberg loses there. What's what? What else is he going to do? Why? Why should he face Roman at WrestleMania? To me, the only match you can do is Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, and it's Daniel Bryan then going on winning the after he wins the Rumble and defeats Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. This person here says. Wrestle Kingdom felt so different with a quiet crowd. I didn't get the feeling that many matches were really great except the main events. Good matches, but not great. Well, dude, there's nothing you can do by the crowd, but I will say this. If I had the ability to make people appear and disappear at will, which unfortunately I don't, I would have a packed Tokyo Dome for the matches. But then, every time everyone started doing a chop battle, I would have 50,000 people disappear because... When they were chopping each other in this largely empty building, and these were echoing off the walls, it sounded like gunshots! The greatest chop battles I ever saw. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network back in the show brian alvarez here wrestling observer live mike sempervivi also wrestling observer.com first says after listening to abushi's comments do you think that new japan is finally unifying the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental titles. Listen, I don't know what they do for their promos at the end of the show. Obviously, there's always some storyline in there, but sometimes I think that people just go out there and say what's on their mind because Nigel's been talking for a year about unifying the titles, and it literally never met, led to anything. He said he wanted to defend them in a, it, like one at a time. He wanted to know if they were unified. Like He talked about this forever, and like nothing ever became of it. So I don't know if I would read too much into Ibushi saying he wants the titles unified. I mean, maybe I they'll I unify him. I know I do. To me, it's a superfluous title. They basically are unified. With the U.S. Aren't well, they? Official. How about put on ice then? How about that? How about disappearing for good? How about melded in and done for? Because with the U.S. title and with the never title kind of getting to really the point that the, the intercontinental title was at, I'm completely fine with it. To me, it just it, you have, and I'm a big fan of titles. I'm a big fan of, of you know, uh, lots of different things that that a lot of traditional wrestling fans, you know, get driven nuts over tournaments, things like that. And I am a belt mark to a point, but at some point, too many is just too many. And that never title right now should be the second biggest singles title in the company. Bar none, they're they're keeping the U.S. title around. They're obviously going to continue on with that. But for me, get rid of it, be done with it, and just focus on the few. This person here suggests a triple crown. You put the never title in, three belts. You got your new triple crown. They do have a lot of belts: world, intercontinental, never tag, junior tag. What am I missing? King of Provisional title. I almost said a bad word. That. Freaking provisional title. Anyway, we're out of time. Thanks, Mike, as always. Callers and listeners, all of our Twitch homies. We'll see you next time. A Wrestling Observer Live.